The most common one, I would say, of the pharmaceuticals, these are systemic IV analgesics, aka pain medications that go through a little IV line that you will have inserted upon admission. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where you'll gain the tools, knowledge, and confidence you need to erase the unknowns, feel in control, and have an even better birth, no matter how you deliver. My name is Liesl Teen, mom of two, practicing labor and delivery nurse, and your host. From over eight years and counting of working at the bedside, I know that knowledge is the key to an even better birth. So tune in each week to learn about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum from me, a labor and delivery nurse that's seen it all. And now let's get into this week's episode. A question I get asked so often at the hospital is, I don't want an epidural, but I do want something for pain. What are my options? And while epidurals are kind of the gold standard, we've talked about this when it comes to contraction pain, there are actually some other choices. So today on the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, I am going to dive into pain meds other than epidurals with a special focus on IV narcotics and nitrous oxide, because those are the two I would say most common ones after getting an epidural. I'll also be touching on some non-medical pain management options and ideas too. So if you are looking for a deep dive though into epidurals, be sure to listen to episode 171 right after this one. But for now, let's get into this week's episode. All right, so first off, let's talk about IV pain medications, arguably the most common one, I would say, of the pharmaceuticals. These are systemic IV analgesics, aka pain medications that go through a little IV line that you will have inserted upon admission. My facility uses a narcotic called fentanyl, and I know, whoa, fentanyl, what? Whenever I say that, people are like, what? You give fentanyl to moms? What? Yes, we do, because it actually works very, very well for labor pain, and it goes into you very, very quickly, and it comes out of you very, very quickly. Some facilities use different narcotic medications. We use fentanyl, so that is what I am most familiar with. It's much stronger than morphine, if you ever had morphine before for, you know, anything. And like I said, it goes in quick, and it comes out quick. So it's a short duration med. And this is important during labor because these are, as we know, it's fentanyl. It's a strong narcotic, okay? And they do cross the placenta and they can impact baby in a similar way that they impact you. Even though you'd want pain medication to last a few hours, right? We don't want pain medication to last a few hours in your body because baby can have difficulty breathing or be drowsy after delivery if they are born shortly after it's given. That's why we really like fentanyl because it wears off relatively fast. It lasts about an hour. So it's generally given a little bit earlier rather than like late, late, super deep in labor. I would argue uh, it's not really like a centimeter amount, right? It's kind of dependent on the situation. I mean, I've definitely had first time moms who they are trying to go without epidurals and they're like eight, you know, and a half, maybe nine centimeters. And they're like, oh my God, I need something. And I can tell we still have at least an hour. (laughs) We're good. Like, I think I can safely give you some fentanyl right now, but I would never, 
ever give fentanyl to a mom, let's say it's her second baby or it's her third baby and she's eight centimeters and she's, you know, who knows how her day went, but I can predict a little bit better with her. Like this baby's probably going to be born within an hour. Unfortunately, I cannot give you fentanyl. So it's kind of a, mm, you know, feel out the situation, but that is important. Sure. Have I given fentanyl? And I think every nurse has given fentanyl. And then like the baby's definitely born within an hour. Yes, that has definitely happened. And 99.9% of the time, the baby is fine. Maybe a little bit drowsy when they come out. But for safety reasons, we do want to kind of give fentanyl a little earlier in the game if we can. But hey, sometimes it happens. Definitely happens where I've given a mom some IV pain medication and she's been going at a slower rate, normal, but like slower rate. And then all of a sudden she relaxes from that fentanyl and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, this baby's going to be here real soon. So let's talk about some pros to IV pain medication. The advantages to this form of pain control are, like I said, it's quick, goes in you really quick. You can receive it right after you get IV placement. And, you know, if you and your baby are stable, it's fine. We have to have you on the monitor, but that's pretty much all you need. It's not like an epidural where we have to give you IV fluid and set you up for the procedure and call anesthesia. It's not, you know, anything like that. It's just like, hey, you want some fentanyl? Okay, here you go. It's real quick. And another pro is it doesn't take the contraction pain away completely, but it does minimize it. Whether you're doing a few days or a few months, I'm guessing you'd love to feel a little more in control of your birth experience. This is why I'm so pumped to tell you about my brand new, totally free birth prep guide. It's got over 40 pages of info and resources to help you erase the unknowns and gain that sense of control that you deserve. There's hospital bag lists and birth plans, third trimester to-dos and freezer stocking recipes, tons of info about epidurals and medicated birth and C-sections, guided meditation tracks, and so much more. Here to help you prepare for birth, no matter how you plan to deliver, head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash birth prep to grab it now, or simply click on the link in the description of this week's episode. That's mommylabornurse.com slash birth prep to access the free birth prep guide today. It makes most people sleepy, drowsy, maybe a little dizzy. I usually tell people to just close your eyes. Don't fight it. Okay. You're just usually able to relax a little bit more, especially in between contractions. You can relax a little bit more with contractions, but I very often see moms, they get fentanyl and they're like, or before they get fentanyl, they're like, oh God, I'm having contractions and they can't relax in between their contractions at all. And then once they get that fentanyl, oh, they finally can like relax a little bit. Not completely like they would with an epidural, but it's like a little need a little something to get you over the edge. This works great with some moms who, you know, they really aren't big fan of epidurals. They don't want an epidural, but they just need something to get them to the end. And if given like at that perfect time to get them through to the end, oh, I've seen it work. It just works so well. So let's talk about some drawbacks to getting IV pain medication. It does cross the placenta, like I said. So it makes baby drowsy and sleepy too while it is infusing in your system. 
So for this reason, I've already mentioned it, but we do need to keep you on the monitor and watch baby's heart rate. Now, I do usually keep moms in bed because you're a little drowsy and sleepy and I want you to be getting up and, you know, walking around the room or walking around the hallway. But like I said, it's short acting. It's not, you know, where you get it up at Earl and you have to kind of stay, you know, you can still move, right? It's good, important to move after you get an epidural, but you're kind of confined to the bed per se. Fentanyl is, you know, you are confined for a little bit, but then once it wears off, it wears off. Like I said, I got fentanyl during my labor and I loved it. Both labors, it worked very well. It worked when it worked and then it didn't work (laughs) and then it was out and it did not work. But it was exactly what I needed both times to just kind of relax for a bit before things got turned up. Moving on to something called a pudendal block. Do you know what that is? A lot of people don't know what this is. Uh, When they think of, you know, what's something to do for pain control, a lot of people think of IV pain medications, but pudendal blocks are a little bit more rare. And that's because a lot of facilities don't even have them anymore. A lot of physicians don't even perform them, but they can be very, very effective. So a pudendal block is a local anesthetic that is given into the pudendal canal where your pudendal nerve is located. Would you like to know where your pudendal canal, where your pudendal nerve is located? (laughs) It is positioned deep in your pelvis, right next to where baby is kind of fixing to come out, okay? This nerve is responsible for all that feeling that you have in your perineum where baby's gonna come out if you have a vaginal delivery. And this procedure is typically done to reduce rectal pain, you know, perineal pain from pushing. It won't do too much to take labor contraction pain away. And it also won't take away pressure feeling like the epidural does, okay? But the pain associated with the pressure it takes away. It's confusing, I know. But basically, this is like getting an epidural for your butt, okay? (laughs) Just for your butt. I've seen a couple of them. I know I've seen two. Maybe I've seen a third one. Maybe it wasn't my patient. I don't know. Been so many things (laughs) over the years. But I know I've seen two different doctors do them on occasion. And they are a great option for women who can't receive epidurals. In both cases, that was why the mom got one because she was not a candidate for an epidural for medical reasons. And the provider was very quick and did the block and then took the needle out and she was good. Usually what I tell people when we talk about pudendal blocks is if you are considering an epidural, go for an epidural because getting an epidural is also a pudendal block. Getting a pudendal block is, like I said, it's just an epidural just for your butt. And the needle also, we've talked about where it is, but it goes there, okay? And most people you know, they're not so excited about getting a needle in their back, but they're really, really not excited about getting a large needle in their perineum. So this is kind of one that I tell people because, hey, you might be one of those that you have a medical reason where you can't have an epidural, but you didn't know, oh, wait a second, I actually can just get an epidural for my butt. Well, that's what a pudendal block is. 
All right, now let's move on to nitrous oxide, also known as laughing gas, right? Nitrous oxide is used as a means of pain management during labor. It's used in very frequently in other countries, and it's starting to become more popular here in the U.S. I would argue like over the past few years, it's really ramped up. A lot of hospitals are, you know, housing it, but it has actually been around since like the 1880s. Now, nitrous oxide, I tell people it's not meant to take labor pain away at all. Okay. And I know you're like, what? But I thought this podcast episode was about pain medications other than epidurals. It is. <laughs> so nitrous oxide, it doesn't take the pain away per se. It just makes you feel a little bit less passionate about the pain. You care a little bit less that you are in pain. So it slows down your reaction time, resulting in this like more calm, euphoric state feeling. And it works very quickly. At my hospital, we have like a mask that you hold, you put over your face. In other countries or in other facilities, I have seen where it's just like a mouse, a mouse, (laughs) a mouthpiece that you put in your mouth. But at my facility, it's like a almost like an oxygen mask that you like put over your face. And what you do is you breathe in, you know, you hold it up to your face while you're having a contraction. And you breathe into it. And then once the contraction's over, you take it away. So it's self-administered. And sometimes it takes a few contractions to kind of get the hang of it. Sometimes it takes a few contractions to even feel it or like understand that it's like, oh, okay, I'm not in less pain, but I can kind of feel what's happening here. And in my experience, I found that nitrous is a good option for moms that have prepared for and they're committed to getting an epidural free birth or, you know, an unmedicated labor. And they're like, I just want a little something. I don't want a IV pain medication, but I just want a little bit of something that I can just hold it and have it there if I need it, you know, put it down if I don't need it. And honestly, I think it's a love-hate kind of thing. You either love it and you're like, it's not nothing, but it's not like an epidural and it works for you or you hate it and you're like, this is pointless. And guess what? I tried it during my labor and it was pointless to me. (laughs) I did not like it. Honestly, I think my issue more with it was my face mask that I was holding on my face because I was doing really well breathing during contractions. And once I was trying to breathe with the nitrous oxide mask, I was like all thrown off and I just, I didn't like the smell of the mask. It was just, I just didn't like it. So I tried it for a little bit maybe like five or 10 minutes. (laughs) And then I was like, no, I'm done. I don't want this thing. But bottom line is there's really no way to know if it'll be effective for you without trying. And if you're looking to limit the amount of pain medication that you receive during labor and you want to avoid an epidural and you don't want IV pain medication quite yet, might be an option for you. There is that heartbeat sound. So that means it is time for this week's segment of Birth It Up Babies. Okay, this one says, Hi, I just wanted to let you know that I purchased your non-epidural birth course a few months ago and watched it. It was my second birth and my first one, I got an epidural and I wanted to try it this time without. I watched your videos and became very determined to do it. I practiced breathing through contractions during labor. And when I got to the hospital, I was eight to nine centimeters. Wow. They broke my water and 45 minutes, my baby girl was born. Thanks to you for teaching me to use these techniques. The biggest one that pushed me through it all was that I was telling myself it's only 60 seconds. I'll get through it. That is a good one. I did suffer from back labor. Yuck. 
I tried the ice to hot packs. That's a good one from the course. I don't talk about a lot that on Instagram, but that's a really good tip for back labor. Thankfully, it all worked out without an epidural. It also made me feel so much better post-birth. Love it. Uh, If you want to have an even better birth, just like this mama, head on over to mommylabornurse.com slash courses to learn more about our three online on-demand birth classes. Let's go a little deeper into nitrous oxide. So if you've ever been to the dentist and you've had laughing gas for a procedure, then it's a fairly similar experience, okay? The biggest difference between nitrous oxide during labor versus nitrous oxide at the dentist is the amount of nitrous used. The ratio is much lower at the hospital than at the dentist. I know, it's sad, but we can't give you that much. (laughs) Um, So you won't, you know, quite feel as like laughy high, right? That you might remember when you were at the dentist. Now, is it safe? It is. It's a safe option for both mom and baby during labor. It goes in very fast and it comes out very fast, even faster than IV pain medication. And unlike IV pain medication, which can impact baby's heart rate, nitrous doesn't affect baby's alertness, okay? And therefore, you know, it won't interfere with bonding or anything after birth. Baby won't be sleepy. There are some potential but mild symptoms that you might experience. Some moms get a little bit dizzy and a little nauseous. Some moms vomit, but I would argue that it's not from the nitrous. It's from labor, the reason you're vomiting right now. Um, But sometimes, you know, you have a little bit of kind of that going on. And if for some reason you feel like it's ever too much, all you have to do, you know, take the mask off. The half-life is like a couple minutes. So I have mentioned that nitrous is generally a pretty safe option for pain management during labor, but nothing comes completely without risks, right? So like we just talked about the side effects, let's cover some pros and cons of nitrous. Pros, works quickly, right? Most moms start to feel effects within a minute. It's really, really fast. It's also self-administered. Like I said, you choose to put it on when you want it. You choose to take it off. You can totally control it. It's got a short half-life, minimal side effects. We talked about a few of them, but it really does have pretty minimal side effects. And it also can be used for all stages of labor. It's not like IV pain medication where you can't you know, get it at the very, very end. You can use nitrous like until your baby is basically born. (laughs) And then guess what? You can also use it after babies are born too. I've definitely had moms use nitrous during repairs. Now, some of the cons of nitrous oxide, there are side effects, right? That was under pros too, that there's minimal ones, but a con is that it does have side effects, right? It can be distracting. Like I told you how my experience was. A big con I would say is its effectiveness. A lot of people are just, they think it's going to work better than it does. And then they're like, this is nothing. I don't want this anymore. Another con is you have to hold it. Maybe you don't want to be holding anything or it's throwing you off that you are just in charge of this thing. And then a final con, I would say, you know, if you live in the U.S. and you're looking to do this, it might not be available to you, right? Because it's not everywhere yet. All right. And finally, the last thing we're going to talk about in terms of pharmaceutical type things for pain management during labor are things called sterile water injections. And this is a stretch, okay? Technically, sterile 
water. It's water. <laughs> so it's like not really a medication, but it's sterile water and it's still like a needle and we're going to include it. Okay. It's different than just like positional changes and just getting in the tub or something. <laughs> um, so sterile water injections. These are cool. I actually have not seen these in person because none of the providers that I work with administer them. They're just not familiar with them, but I've seen it on video. I've talked to people who have had them and they apparently work really, really well. Basically, sterile water is just injected into the small of your back, right underneath your skin. It does burn, like burn, burn, burn pretty bad as they're doing it, but it's supposed to help that back labor pain so, so well once the burning kind of subsides. Like I said, not all providers do them, okay? So it might be limited to where you are, who you know, you're know you with, but if you're interested in this, definitely talk with your provider to see if it is an option for you. The way that we think it works is kind of similar to like counter pressure or have, doing a TENS machine. It's basically doing that gate control theory of pain, right? We're giving you extra sensory info way down there, right? So it almost like closes some of those gates. And so those pain signals from your contraction pain don't go up to your brain and your brain is like, oh, blah, sensory information from the sterile water. Blah, I'm not in labor. And they last anywhere from 30 minutes, an hour, 90 minutes. It's kind of, you know, a range by how much you kind of get and like it's based on like your anatomy and stuff, but you know, it's not going to last all day, right? But it's going to last more than like a few contractions. So very, very good option. Definitely. If this is something of interest to you, talk to your provider about it. Because like I said, I've heard wonders about these things and I wish that more people would do them because it seems like it's a really safe and cheap. Also like sterile water costs like nothing. So we should be doing this more than we are. <laughs> That's a PSA from Bommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Well, that is it for this episode. This week, talking about some pharmaceutical pain stuff for labor. Love it. Next week on the podcast, Baby Registry 101. So if you haven't done your baby registry yet, or you're in the process, or you know maybe you did it, but you want to make some amends or something, I don't know, uh, tune into next week. Um, we'll be talking about some baby registries. All right. I'll see you guys next week. Already feeling a little more confident about pregnancy, birth, and newborn life? Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can continue to erase the unknowns and never miss an episode. And if you're looking for even more, Instagram is definitely where I hang out the most. Come join our community of more than a half a million moms for birth education, tips, and solidarity. You can find me at mommy.labornurse. Check out today's show notes and a searchable library of every Mommy Labor Nurse podcast episode at mommylabornurse.com slash podcast. And while you're there, be sure to head to the blog to learn about our online birth classes too. See you next week. And remember, you can have an even better birth no matter how you deliver.